0: Hello, and welcome to the Dow of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode.
1: Hey, guys, buddy. See, happy early Valentine's Day to you ladies. Hope y'all have a great day tomorrow.
2: And to you, too. It's I, didn't, I, could,
1: my, I, I couldn't... Uh, Wish the men a happy Valentine's Marla. That's not possible for me to do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I can the women. I can do that for sure.
3: Hey, you could wish you could wish us a happy Friday, buddy. Happy Friday tomorrow, Paul. Happy early Friday, okay? Especially for us single ones out there.
4: (laughs) Well, I can I can wish the men a happy Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day.
3: Thank you, Tina.
1: Thank you, sweetie. (laughs) Like to welcome Marla and Kate and Tina. Paul and Rob and Jan, the 70th chapter of the Tao Te Ching. Let's go ahead and get Kate to read, then we'll we'll start our discussion. How is that? Kate, you are in charge.
5: All right. (laughs) First translation. My words are easy to understand and easy to perform, yet no man under heaven knows them or practices them. My words have ancient beginnings. My actions are disciplined. Because men do not understand, they have no knowledge of me. Those that know me are few. Those that abuse me are honored. Therefore, the sage wears rough clothing and holds the jewel in his heart. Second translation, my teachings are easy to understand and easy to put in practice. Yet your intellect will never grasp them and if you try to practice them, you'll fail. My teachings are older than the world. How can you grasp their meaning? If you want to know me, look inside your heart. Third translation, my words are easy to understand and easier to put in practice, yet no one in the world seems to understand them or be able to apply what I teach. My teachings come from the ancients. The things I do are done for a reason. Because you do not know me, you are not able to understand my teachings. Because those who know me are few, my teachings become even more precious. Final translation. Lao Tzu's advice was easy to understand and easy to follow, but nobody understood him or did what he suggested. His words stemmed from ancient wisdom, and his actions were highly disciplined. People didn't get that, which is why they didn't understand him. And the less they understood him, the more meaningful his advice became. That's why the masters live simply, hiding their wisdom deep within themselves.
1: My words are easy to understand and easy to perform. Yet, your intellect will never grasp them. And if you try to practice them, you'll fail. What could that
4: mean?
2: Um, I, I'm guessing it means about in, intellectualizing them, intellectualizing his words rather than feeling what's really in the soul and in the heart to do, you know, to be, a, you know, a, a good soul or what's truly in your soul. Uh,
1: I was thinking about the simplicity of recovery. Okay. Uh-huh. I was thinking about um, how my recovery came from surrender not uh, understanding not all this knowledge and really when you look at it and you know the way it's re- described in recovery is it's simple but not easy it's like digging a ditch you know it's a simple thing to do but it takes effort it takes work and i'm kind of thinking of this in some of the same way in that uh, it's not about the knowledge it's really it's really more about um just the surrender for me and somehow that relates to this i think
2: mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in agreement with you there
1: there's a quote it's
2: about
5: unlearning
1: yeah it's about unlearning um this is a oh good morning craig hey craig put this book on your list the history of chinese philosophy uh by uh, I, I, I'm going to try to pronounce his name. Fung Yulan.
2: Ula,
6: Fung I'm not going to transcribe that. That, that. that reminds
1: me of that infection I had that one time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on. All right. It's on your It sounds like some light reading. Well, this is one of the books I want us to put on our list of books to read. Uh, you know, when we get done with what we're on, what what I do with Sponsees, we read material. We keep reading things, and this is a book I want uh, Craig and I to read, I think. I'm in it, it? Uh, 20, 30 pages, and it looks pretty good. It's a hundred and some odd page book. It was wrote in the 30s, but this guy, I want to use a quote today that I think's applicable. applicable. Uh, he says, the study of philosophy is not simply an attempt to acquire knowledge, but is also an attempt to develop character. Philosophy is not simply something to be known. some about Chinese philosophy. Not simply something to be known, but it's something to be experienced. It is not simply some sort of intellectual game, but something far more serious. And is our... The belief system changed for me when I came into recovery. I had to move from this system of being taught what I was supposed to believe, then believing it out of fear mostly, because I didn't want to go to hell. Okay. (laughs) From that to, oh, I see this working. I see experience. So I have an experience based belief rather than a taught, knowledge-based belief. Like we're taught we act our way into right thinking, right? We don't believe something and God change us, and then we act different. We start acting, then we're changed. We understand that now, you know, and that's how we approach these things. So um, does that make sense?
2: Yeah. I I mean, I was brought up uh, Jewish, and my parents forced me to go to Hebrew school and learn what they learned, and it never quite felt right, you know? I think a lot of what this is talking about is doing what feels right, is, is leaning into what feels right. Leaning like, into what works. What, yeah, what works, but it's got to, f- what works for you, because it's got to feel right for you. And that's and, it, that's what you're talking about, experiencing philosophy rather than just learning it.
3: And, and that's
1: why this appeals to me so much, is because when I every move I every time I turn around, when somebody's describing Taoist thought, it matches so well with what we learn in recovery. Jan, you yeah. have something?
7: Yeah, buddy. Maybe it's also um, not so much just being knowledge and something that's on an intellectual level, but something that you follow and that you practically apply, so to speak. So instead of just, as as I think as Marla mentioned, just intellectualizing it and mixing it around in your head, it's, it's a simple pathway that, 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 that can be followed. And it's not some airy fairy, you know, it's 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 not some Jungian or Nietzsche, you, you know, kind of really nihilistic thought process, but it it's something very practicable, not necessarily easy, but something to live and experience as opposed to um, just parroting or or, or or you know.
1: Because yeah, when I first heard that I act my way into right thinking, I thought that's bullshit. That can't be right uh God has to change me first and then I can love people. You know, that kind of a thing, right? But then I started looking at it and I looked at let's say the uh the Lord's Prayer. It says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That we do the forgiving first. I'm like, you know, that is what it says. <laughs> it says I act my way into right thinking right there. I didn't have to go far to find it. You know? And I still even though uh, I'm open mind, more open-minded now, when I have a new thought, I always go to the New Testament to see if it lines up with what I see there. I always do that still. Um, and I always find it. And if I look, I've not found anything in what, we've, what I've ever found in recovery that I could not find uh, there as well. Uh, And I'm sure in other spiritual principles or spiritual practices too. Um, Anything else at this point, guys? I was, uh, your intellect will never grasp. And if you try to practice them, you'll fail. I think that's talking about practicing in our own intellect. Uh, Similar to um, if I tell you that if you have a problem with alcohol, what worked for me was helping someone else, you would say, there's no way that, why would that help me? There's no way that would help me. Or if I have a resentment against someone, uh, I pray for them. I pray for them to have the things that I want. Intellectually, that makes no sense at all. Absolutely zero sense. So I think that's the same idea, is that this is not an an intellectual undertaking. You know, um, same thing, same thing. Um, Stephen Mitchell, he says that uh, easy to put into practice. Grasses and trees have no trouble with it. Animals are perfect disciples. Look inside your heart and keep looking keep listening to until the sights and the sounds disappear by themselves you know that idea here at the end of this one is that if you if you want to know me you look inside your heart that the answers within us right the kingdom of god's within we already have all the solutions we just keep twa- trying. we just keep trying to intellectually understand those instead of just Doing the action, y'all interrupt me when you have something. Let me read you my translation out of the Jonathan Star. My teachings are very easy to understand and very easy to put into practice. In the world, no one has the ability to understand. No one has the ability to put in put my words into practice. Uh, they come from an uh, ancient beginning. Affairs of men have a system. Truly it's because the people are ignorant. Therefore, they do not understand my ways. Those who understand my teachings are few. Initiate my ways and you will reach your inner treasure. Therefore, the sage looks within and plainly sees what is precious. <laughs> plainly sees what is precious.
3: Greg,
6: yes, it's interesting that he's that he, he looks within and plainly plainly sees what's precious. And I spent far too long looking outwards to see what was precious. I put far too much concentration on materialism. Rather than what was actually going on within my life, I, I think for far too long I was I was I was actually blind to everything that was right in front of me. I couldn't see the forest for the trees. I just had to stop and look at the trees for a little while, and they're actually quite good-looking trees. Um, but yeah, I, I like the I like this bus. It's nice and it's nice and simple. We've done learn a lot of things that we think we know. Stop looking for things that we that we want to see. We should look for things that are actually there and appreciate and be grateful for things that are actually there. And it talks about the a treasure of the Tao, or, or it talks about a, a here. No way. Um, it talks about a treasure. One, one of the translations talks about the treasure. Um, maybe the Tao's the treasure. The Tao itself's a treasure. Or just a, a right way of living, not a righteous way of living. Cause that's something completely different. But just just living a, a right style of life
2: mm-hmm.
6: could could just be that. Could just be that treasure. You may have already said this before I came in. No, no, that's that's fine. So
2: no, you you came up with a great new idea, brand new idea, genius.
6: Again,
1: no, oh, don't do that, Marla. Come on. It's actually the three tre. Okay. Hey, Craig, what are the three treasures we've been discussing time and time again in here?
6: The three treasures. Yeah, what are those
1: three treasures? That's what they're talking about.
6: The three treasures. The three treasures. <laughs> no, no, I do know. I do know. There's one, two, three. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who can help Craig out? He will.
6: No, don't, don't help me. We've got another half hour. Just give me a second. <laughs> I'll type them in the chat as soon as I remember them. Maybe she knows. The ability to love. I knew love was one of them. The ability them. to give.
1: To give, yep. And the, the and the ability to be grateful.
6: That's the one. Excellent, well done. Yeah, those three.
2: I mean, those were on the tip of your tongue, Craig.
6: Yeah, they were there. It's okay. <laughs> they, were, they were in you.
1: Just yes, there. they were. Yeah. It's too much Craig for him to hear it, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> intellectualizing it. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about though. In this one, they were talking. They were talking about how the sage wears ragged or plain clothing. And how I, I back in the day, I used to seek out designer clothing, and I had a you know closet full of it was all used. But and and the older I've gotten, and the wiser is that shit just it doesn't matter. Not, just, it doesn't matter. We, what you look like on the outside or what you're wearing or how much you accumulate, it doesn't matter. And wow. it, it, not to let it take a huge role in your life.
1: Because it's not about those things, Marla.
2: Not, no, it's not anything about those things.
1: It's about learning how to be useful, not how to be, uh, how, how to be a part of, not separate from. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the more, I say more spiritual, for lack of a better term, but the more we become like like this, the more useful we'll be, the more we'll blend in, not the more we'll be unique. The more we'll be helpful, the more we'll be unassuming. Uh, all of those
6: things. Correct? Yeah, my wife kind of, she, she's, she's got a slightly different opinion on that. When I was drinking, It was just a case of, I had two sets of clothes. I had my work clothes that I would go out to work with. I'd come home and I'd stick on just, like, anything. It was just, like, a pair of jeans and a a scabby T-shirt because I just really didn't give a monkey's what I looked like. I just was not into taking care of myself. Um, Embarrassingly, she used to have to tell me go and have a shower. She's like, go and get a shower. Go and get yourself a wash, get a haircut. Um, But nowadays, I think it's kind of different because I kind of, I kind of, i kind of care about what i look like now um i take a bit of pride in my appearance but not to the extent where i'm going to go and blow all my fortunes on an amani suit or a versace suit i'll go out occasionally buy a nice t-shirt buy a nice pair of jeans that that don't hang off my don't, don't make me look like some gangster rapper nothing against gangster rappers if that's gangster rappers that's um i'm more of a pop guy um but yeah, I kind of, I kind of like to take a bit of pride in my appearance now. But at the same time, I do it for the reason that I don't want people to try and stray away from me and think, look at this day,
2: it, It's about. Uh, I'm not, I'm going to bring in yoga again. It's, it's cleansing. It's a, a we do yoga with a clean body. Most people, you're supposed to be clean when you do a practice. Most people don't. But um, it's, it's that taking pride in, um, be, you know, if you're clean, you're, you're white, you're open, you're empty, so that you can embrace everything you're supposed to be learning. I hope that makes sense.
1: Yeah, thanks, Marla. This is the actual Jonathan Starr translation. This is how he translated it. My teachings are very easy to understand and very easy to practice, yet so few in this world understand, and so few are able to practice. My words arise from that ancient source. My actions are those of the universe itself. If people do not know these, how can they know me? Those who follow my ways are rare, and so I treasure them. Even if they wear the clothes of a beggar, they carry a priceless gem within. Yeah. How would, uh, you know, our issue is, for me, is trying to intellectualize this path, right? Trying to understand and comprehend and work the path instead of allowing the path to work me, right? So um, this whole idea, I had a sponsee one time that I, I said, what are you doing? He says, I'm just trying not to try. And he, he'd been looking at all this Dow stuff. I thought, that's pretty good. He's not sober now, but that was a good, uh, he had, he had a good point, you know, and, uh, it was really a good, uh, and I've, I've kept that, you know, I've kept that idea of trying not to try of learning how to surrender our effort and learn how to be powerless in a situation rather than the push, push, push that we, like to do that gets us in trouble. I see heads nodding, so I know that that's, I'm not the only one that pushes.
2: No, don't we, we try, I mean, for me in the last few years before I got into serious recovery, I was trying so hard. What, you know, why can't I do this? Why can't I find God? Why? Which was more painful than being, than not being sober. You why know, the, line, the you know, questions
1: that that's the real danger of thinking we know, <laughs> you know, because that's where the danger is. The dangers in thinking I know the answer, because once we're convinced we have the answer, we're not open to any suggestions of any kind. Yeah, I like to have a beginner's mind no matter what I'm doing. And this is a great thing for me about sobriety. Is that in any problem or issue I have in life, if I go into whatever this is not knowing really what the outcome's going to be, but trying to be of help in the situation, not manipulate it for a particular outcome, if I do that, then I'm open to whatever comes my way. So that's that's really a different mindset about everything,
6: Craig. It's like it's like Renegan on the first step. So the first step we would met with powerless over alcohol, and our lives would become unmanageable. That's kind of like saying, "Like I've got power now. And I've got control of my life. I'm, I'm no longer I'm no longer at that unmanageability stage." God, you show me twice, I'll take it from there, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's when we kind of go downhill. That's when we start working the rest of the program. That's when we stop working the rest of the steps.
1: always reminds me, Craig, of the, um, of Paul's thorn in the flesh, which the essence of that was he, he found out from that the weaker he got, uh, the stronger he became. So it's never a situation where we're going to get so weak and then we're going to be strong and we're going to take over and start doing it ourselves. Uh, truly, the best I can ever do is be weaker, is be more
3: powerless and more surrendered. Paul. Yeah, that thorn really did hurt, by the way. Um, now, I just wanted to say that um, we've had we've had some relapses in our online group last month or so, and, and I kind of want to get you guys' thoughts on this. Uh, I always cringe a little bit when uh, some people will come in and say. Oh, yeah, you know, recovery's hard. And I, I think to myself, in, in my case, uh, the opposite was true. Um, what was hard for me was my addiction it was hard to keep up with that. When I look back on it, the recovery has been easy for me. And maybe that's just the way I approach it. I don't know. But I, I was just kind of cringe when when people will come in and say, oh, yeah, no, you know, I mean, I, they're trying to be helpful by telling the person who relapsed that, you know, yes, it is, recovery is a hard thing. And I I just, I just always kind of cringe at that because um, I don't know. I don't know what you guys, if you guys have that, have that same experience or not. Marla?
2: Honestly, I, I don't cringe when that, I think recovery, well, transformation is hard. And isn't that kind of what recovery is about is transforming ourselves into something that we weren't before and for most of us it doesn't come easy because we don't want to change so we have to you know we have to take on this huge task of transforming everything about ourselves so for me it's been um not arduous but um not not entirely most of it's been pleasant, but not entirely. You know, not entirely. It's not. I, I would love to be able to be a normal, human, normal drinker, but that's. I think it's. I think it's hard.
1: Yeah. It's hard
3: if Marlon wants to stay in charge.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, a resistance to change. I understand. Exactly. That, exactly. That, that, that part's hard, but you were just beat up, Paul. You were ready. Oh, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I just hands up and said that uh, was it. I can't take it anymore. Just That's the difference. See, uh, it took me six years
1: after I came in to be at that point. It took six more years of half try. Well, trying as best as I knew, praying more sincerely than I even pray now. You know, I mean, I mean, as sincere as I could be, no one could have prayed a more sincere prayer than me to stop drinking but yet i could not stop because i was missing the real solution the solution wasn't you know god help me do this the solution was i give up i can't do this then the help came
3: yeah i mean i was in the same place i just hadn't even looked into the recovery part of it at all i was my ego was so out of control that i thought i had all the answers i'm not even going to try to listen to anybody i'm not even going to try to i'm not even, i'm not going to do six years of in and out of aa i'm just i know better than all that and then finally it just caught up with me so but yeah that's good that's good craig the thing I,
6: I heard it best described as um not drinking's easy it's living sober that's the hard part i stumbled along for 14 months doing my own thing and i was doing good until i got to the stage where i couldn't do it anymore I was back to, I was back to struggling. I had to find the help that I was needing. I had to get away from being Craig's way of doing things. Um I had to get a sponsor. I was working with, I was working with people. I was working with accountability. People were trying to keep me on the straight and narrow, but I just needed somebody to cut through more bullshit and, and say, look, this is, this, this is where we can go. Uh, I'm not saying everybody's, I'm not saying everybody's like that. I'm not saying everybody needs a sponsor. Not, not everybody needs, needs that level of accountability. Um, but my problem was control. My problem was trying to control the outcomes, trying to control what I was doing. Uh, and Craig just trying to do what Craig wants to do. And the last time Craig done that, he ended up drunk. Um, and Marlar, I think I'm a normal drinker. My normal drinking is waking up in the kitchen floor thinking, how did I get down here and who threw my last beer all over me? That's my idea of normal drinking. That's, that's me at three o'clock in the morning. Um, it's, it's about perception. and I think it's about how much how much you want to put into things as well. If, I, if I, I know at the moment I'm putting probably more effort into recovery and helping others than I was when I was drinking. Uh, I was, uh, I'm was i putting more inf- effort into what I'm doing now than the effort I was putting into drinking. Drinking was simple. All I had to do was go and buy a case of beer and drink it. That was it. I didn't have any consequences to worry about. Now, I don't have any consequences to worry about either because I know I'm putting the work into it as well. Again, I know, I know not everybody's as needy as I am. I know nobody follows the same program that I have. Well, not everybody follows the same program that I follow, um, and that's entirely up to them. There's, there's many rules in recovery. But I think it's just a case of what you're willing to put in as well. You, you're going to get out what you put in. Thanks, Craig. Uh, Tina?
4: Good morning, guys. Um, I, You know, this is one thing that I do love about recovery is that everybody comes to it in a different place in a different spot, in a different mindset. And it is kind of hard sometimes to understand why other people say the things they say or where they're at, you know, and that's why they say to look for the similarities and not the differences. Um, And I have to remind myself that all the time. But the one thing that I liked about this reading is I took it as the way, just in general. Like this is practicing our principles in all our affairs walking the way trying to be sage-like. We may not ever fully understand, some few may, um, but we all have the same goal is to get sober. And sometimes I just have to keep it that simple, is that we're all here to try to stay sober emotionally, physically, you know, whatever way. And how we get there is right, is progress not perfection. And how we get there is all different. Um, and for me, um, recovery was hard. My brain had a definite worn out path in it. That was my go-to. That was, I could drive that road with my eyes closed. Um, and it was really hard to, to go a different way, but that was my first four years. Since my relapse, some, somehow this second leg here has been completely different. It's a different it's like, I white knuckled it for four years. I felt like I went back out and now I could say recovery is easy. I could make, you know, or at least it's not as, um, fighting the resistance as much as I was before now it's going. So I see where I saw, um, a Facebook profile picture of me from like seven years ago. And I'm, it's from that Kesha song. You wake up in the morning, brush your teeth with the bottle of Jack. And I'm pretending to brush my teeth with the, whiskey and I'm thinking why did I have and I was in Vegas why did I have a big bottle of alcohol in the room in Vegas I'm thinking but that's my mindset now Back, but back then I'm like of course you know you have to drink before you go drink but I'd already kind of forgotten or at least removed myself from that way of thinking to where I'm like what was I doing you know um but it just goes to show how we all have a different mindset at different stages of our recovery, where we come in. And, um, but it's all about what the Tao is saying today about that ultimate end goal. And that doesn't overcomplicate things. You know, I like what Ram Dass says that we're all here just walking each other home. I like it when I can keep it simple.
1: Thanks, Tina. You know, that, that reminded me that, If this is an easy, if the teachings of the Tao are easy to understand, that must mean there's not much to learn, okay? So this is really more about walking out our experience and learning from the experience of others. So when we're talking about recovery and helping someone, Craig reminded me of this. What do we share? Do we share knowledge or all the things we've learned? No. We share how we're doing it, right? We've talked about that over and over again. We just talk about how we're doing it. And if we talk about our experience, someone gets something out of it or they don't, that's up to them. Not really up to us. We're not responsible for their sobriety. We just share how we're doing it. That's all. That's staying with experience, And if we can stay with that experience
8: on that level, then uh, it is easy. Rob? Let me see if I can put this together this early. I've only got a half a cup of coffee in me. So is living in recovery easy? Uh, Me, at eight months into this, I'm going to say no. But if I practice the easy solutions when I'm in the trouble the outcome is easier so if I'm in a situation where I've I've got this idea that I'm going to keep my job the way it is that I've been doing for 25 years and they hand me a piece of paper and say I'm now going to go down a different path I'm going to become an accountant I work for the government they do this kind of stuff before I would have gone off the handle I would have gone flush I would have gone you know, I've got plans. You know, I mean, I'm certified in this, that, and this, and uh, I would have I would have gone vain in this vein right here, I would have started popping, and I would have tried to get out of that situation um, without destroying my career and saying what I was thinking and then go hit the bar and complain with everybody at happy hour about how stupid these people are. But this time around, when this happened to me last Thursday, I walked in there. I had meditated before I walked in the room, and when the paper came across, I had no idea this was coming. I'm thinking, well, my thoughts are, are tricky. And my thoughts lie to me. They've been lying to me my whole life. So when I saw it, I, I stood there and I said, Rob, what, what's going on? What are, you, what are you thinking? And I'm thinking, I'm not going to think through this. Now, the answer was simple, but I had to do a lot of work. Because, you know, I started feeling the trigger and then I was like, no, 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 no. This could be the best job I've ever had. This is kind of funny because I life's happening despite all of my hard attempts uh, to otherwise plan it. So and I've got a job and I've got a good job and I've got longevity. I'm in a different division. So the result was easy because I didn't go down this path of anger and saying what I thought in front of some very uh, highly powerful people and then go drink myself and risk all that mess that comes with that, the result was easy. But what I had to do to get to that point and to get to this point in eight months has been hard for me because I'm having to change every bit of all of my nature, everything I've thought about and everything that I've known to this point, I've had to flip it on its head. That's what I
1: got. Thanks, Rob. You know, and with that, every one of those solutions came from within, and all of those solutions were a change in you,
3: not in someone else. (laughs) And and can I say something to that? Sure, yeah, please, Paul, please. uh, And by doing all that, Rob, you'll find that that will get easier for you. As you go along, I mean, I remember my first year of recovery and yeah, I'm not going to say it was all, you know, rainbows and unicorns cause it wasn't, I mean, it was, you know, I had to, I had to make some changes and change, like Marla said before, change is always difficult, you know, especially when you're so used to doing things your way for all those years. So, you know, things, things will get easier. Things will get better. Yeah. Life is always going to throw us some curveballs, you know. But it's how we choose to deal with those problems. Whereas before, speaking from my experience, I would run and hide. I would go go to my, my go-to alcohol. I could always soothe myself with that. And then that worked for a long time. That worked for a lot of years until it didn't work anymore. And that's when I had to surrender. And yes, change is always difficult. But the things you're doing now, Rob, you can build on that. And you'll find that, you know, you're building the foundations, what you're doing. And you'll be able to deal with things better in the future. So it will get better.
1: Thanks, Paul. Thanks. Any other comments before we go to Wayne Dyer?
7: Yeah, I just maybe want to say, I think Rob is a perfect example of, I guess, in my view, surrendering in the situation and not trying to, you realize you couldn't control it it didn't go necessarily the way you wanted it. So you kind of surrendered and said, look, I'm I'm going to flow with it and, and I'm going to take it and it's going to take me in, into a different path. I'm going to learn something new. I think it's awesome. It's an awesome story. I love it. And, you know, I can understand that, you know, if you, if you were still drinking, the levels of anxiety that kind of situation can bring about. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you've done well. So, yeah, keep at it, man. Keep at it.
8: Thanks. I think the hardest thing for me is is to give myself a little bit of slack because I've I've come at things my whole life planning so hard, and it seems like the harder I work, it's like one of those Chinese finger toy trap things, <laughs> you fingers in, and you try to pull them out, and it pulls. It you can't. It's weird, all this stuff in the DAO, it's kind of the whole, take everything I know and flip it on its head and do the opposite, and that's probably the right answer. Um, And and standing back and watching it and realizing what I would have done a year ago, I was telling my sponsor a year ago, this would have been a dumpster fire and possibly the end for me. This might have been a new bottom, a new bottom, because this was a huge one, but um, I'm walking around standing sober and... And, again, I'm not beating my drum. I don't got this, but um, it's given me some confidence I didn't know I I had either. So thanks. Appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Rob. You know, this truly is learning to practice this in all of our affairs because that's what it's about. And this is an ongoing – Rob, we're going to have to surrender this stuff. If we want this kind of peace and joy, we're going to have to surrender all of life as life goes on in front of us which is new things and new stuff happening. If We don't stop this
6: process. You know, it's ongoing. Craig? Yeah, I was just going to say the exact same. The surrender and accepting that we're powerless. There's one thing to surrender to something, but it's another thing to actually accept that we can't do something about it. Because sometimes I think, do you know what? Yeah, okay, we will surrender to it. But what if I still tinker about it? What if I still meddle in it? Maybe I can turn it around to to the way that I want things to work out. One of the hardest things I I had to deal with was actually asking for help and taking the help I was given, taking the help I was offered. As well, That was incredibly difficult for somebody that's just so prideful and stubborn. Thanks, Craig.
5: One of the things about the process that we're kind of talking about that I have had to deal with, I'm looking at the part that says my teachings are older than the world. And it makes me think about um, kind of early in my recovery, the things that were difficult for me were just not using. And I had to kind of adjust from my lifestyle of being, you know, I was around a bunch of drug addicts. I was around a bunch of drug dealers. I was kind of entrenched in that lifestyle. And I had to, I had to move away. I had to adjust to living a totally different way. And that was a new um a new way of living and I was constantly craving the drugs and I had to fight against that for like the first year probably. But once that kind of wore off and I was adjusted to the new lifestyle like the the new things that were distracting me in the world were like things like pride and ego that kind of came into my life. Like now, now I'm more distracted by like thoughts that I have. Like, like I need to look like I'm good at recovery in front of everybody. I need to look like I am, I'm being an excellent example of recovery and I need to look like I'm great at it. You know, and that's like a, that's like a totally different struggle than like, oh, I really want to use drugs right now. But it's still like a struggle that I, I that I'm fighting against. That I feel like is like the, my teachings are older than the world. I feel like that's part of like a world, like a worldly distraction that comes against me in my recovery.
1: It's more. It's just another shade of that ego, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, a good
2: point, Kate. That's
1: yeah. A good point. Thanks, Kate.
2: You do have to look good. You do have to look like you know what you're doing because you're in the field, right? But you know what, I I would say being vulnerable about it was very would be very helpful to other addicts too. That it's it's just you know it's, you're not perfect at it.
1: Uh, for me, I have found that when I get into that pride and ego with something like that, I usually get a situation that knocks me down a a <laughs>
7: notch or two. <laughs> <laughs> That's karma, right, buddy? Yeah, unfortunately, karma can be a bitch restoring the balance. Yes. <laughs> just, just a quick question, uh, I I'm I'm not in the online group anymore. Uh, I how easy was it for the people who relapsed to basically I guess come out um because I found when I was in AA and I had a sponsor and I I started you know, smoking weed and stuff like that. I, I didn't want to tell my sponsor, you know, and you felt almost in, in the meeting that, you know, in the meetings you couldn't, you know, you didn't want to admit to it because of this feeling of, of being judged or, uh, you know, what, what's the group going to think? So I, I, I guess just how, and I'm not saying we're a bunch of judgmental people. That's not what I mean at all. I, I, it's just a perception. One feels almost humiliated, and 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 so on. Was that the case in in this case, or was it kind of just very natural and saying, "Look, guys, I messed up." And um, I,
3: yeah, I think I think, Yan, what's nice about the group is that uh, I think we've proven ourselves that we are non judgmental.
7: Yeah, and sorry, this wasn't a criticism or, or anything like that. I, it's just a natural human reaction of feeling really, you know. And yeah, and,
3: and we only know about the ones who who do speak up. I mean, we don't know. I mean, a lot of times, you know, I wonder about the ones that leave the group. You know, and I and I know a couple offhand that have left the group, and I found out later they left because they relapsed. Yeah,
2: so, so I'm a I'm are, a chronic relapser, and I'll admit I love edibles, and um, <laughs> last time it's like uh, you know what um. When I was in AA, it would be embarrassing and humiliating. Even though nobody was, you know, nobody was judgmental, but I was. Till I, I learned that it's um, to have some self compassion, and that I'm, I'm, I use it as, as self soothing and things like that. Um, and, and I started to understand why I relapse, and that also admitting my relapse can hopefully help somebody else who's relapsing so whether people are in this particular online community nobody seems to be judgmental but you know what I don't care if they are I don't judge other people if they re- relapse um I don't care if if um, somebody judges me about it I just you know I'm not going to a crack den. I'm just eating some pot so I, I, I'm trying not to judge myself I think that's part of it is when we judge ourselves about relapsing, we think everybody else is judging us when that's not always, especially in this particular group, it's not the case at all.
3: Yeah.
1: And I think it's like with everything else, what I'm thinking you're thinking about me is
7: probably not right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. 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 And uh, I mean, it shows the humanity of it all. And, and, you know, we're all just humans and we're all just trying and Whether I guess you're forty years sober or whether you're eight months sober, it's or one day, it's, or one day it's cunning and baffling, and yeah, um, uh, you, you know it's it's absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, it's you build this image up of certain people, uh, in, you know, being a almost a kind of a yogi kind of status, and yeah, you're absolutely right. And we're all just people, and and it's a, it's a human process. Um, it's our humanity, and we we have feet of clay. You have to work at it.
1: You, you, you know, and I mean, I've been sober 11 years and I've spout all this spiritual BS, you know, and it, but for six years, man, I was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, six years. And it's hard when someone's been sober for this long to think they really did that, you know, to to put them in that place. But many of us did that. We were... For whatever period of time we relapsed, and you know it wasn't uh, all fun and games, and you know we're all on a winning streak, so we're going to get into recovery. Woohoo!
3: What's next? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, that's, and that's why I like being around the newcomers. Yeah, you know, they remind me of how it was, and you know, if I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't just want to sit around. No offense, buddy, but I don't want to sit around with buddy and everybody else has got all this sobriety. I mean, that's that's all right. I mean, I don't mind it, but I like it when. The, you know, when the newcomers come in and, 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 you know, but, you know, I don't like to see them struggle, but, you know, I, I learn more from them than I do from the, the struggles.
1: part of the process, Paul. It's just part of it, you know? And I tell them when I tell newcomers to just keep doing what's working for you and ignore what's not working. If you're drinking or using, um, I mean, it's not a positive to be using or drinking, but for me, I had to just ignore my drinking and keep doing the things that was working and those things were like a tree growing that could eventually support me, you know, and so that was my approach. Like turning the light on, like we talked about last week, you know.
8: Uh get more light in there. Rob So my sobriety is based on what I want for me. It's the one time I get to be selfish. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be confident in saying this. If my sobriety is based on what other people expect of me and my work Is based on their perception of me I'm screwed so this whole thing for me is I look back and go that wasn't good for me now when I'm doing things that are good for me turns out I'm being a better human and things are better for my wife and my kids and those people that I interact with so as I'm becoming better so my take on it because I'm watching a lot of train wrecks in another group I'm in and I empathize with them, and I feel for them, and I'm almost crying talking about it. But at the end of the day, this is about me, and I'm going to stay sober because this is better. This is better for me eight months in. That's it.
1: You know, Rob, you're living a paradox, too, really, because you're helped by helping someone else. So, granted, you're doing what's best for you, but the way you do what's best for you is doing for someone else. So the whole thing is is paradoxical in every way. I thought I saw another hand. Yeah, I was.
6: I was going to say it sounds like Paul's
1: ready right to go to a meeting. <laughs> no, he's not, Craig. He
3: he won't go. Hey. I've tried to get him to go. He'd love it. You hey. know, it's, hey, it's plenty newcomers there. Plenty newcomers there, Paul. Hey, you know what? These meetings work just fine for me. And these, this is a meeting, Craig. Whether you like like to admit it or not,
1: I'm going to go on record, and this will be recorded. OK, once Paul actually goes to a meeting, he's going to come back and he's going to say, oh, man, I loved it. It was wonderful. And he's going to be a staple at the local clubhouse.
3: I get, I can see it already. I but, might have uh, to go to one just so I can come back and say I hated it. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. You're wrong, buddy. Yeah, please do, Paul. Please <laughs> prove me wrong. <laughs> hey. I'm just doing what works for me, okay? That's it. That's it. There's no judgment. You know, I had a
1: sponsee one time that wouldn't go to meetings. I wanted him to go to meetings, but he wanted to go to something else. And I said, Well, okay, I didn't push him. Shane's his name. I didn't push him. <laughs> Shane R. <laughs> yeah, Shane R. Can you yeah, exactly. I didn't push him. Uh and I just let him figure it out. And eventually, it wasn't long after someone came to him that wanted to get sober and he started taking him to meetings. <laughs> and now and little did I know he has a meeting around the corner from his house, like what's less than sixty seconds from his house. And I just had to let him
3: figure that out for himself. So uh, you know, is what it is. Give hey, folks room really, and they'll do that. You know? You know what? I did come close, buddy, about a year ago we had somebody in the group who I, I met here locally and uh she was afraid to go to a meeting and I offered to go with her. And she never we never followed well she never followed up on it I, w- I was gonna go with her, but i just i just know who goes Paul and I think you would enjoy it that's all
1: <laughs> Shane you got something to share today sir
0: you gonna unmute you go yeah there you go uh I apologize for being late number one this is a great group um really cool to to jump in and uh check it out. Paul, I thought you were an old old school twelve stepper, man. I thought you've been in meetings for years. That's that's the first thing I caught. So I I got to agree with Buddy, man. I think you should check it out. I think you dig it.
3: But uh, no, no, I'm gonna keep my streak alive. Never been to one yet. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't really planning on uh, on on saying much today. Just just planning on sitting in and, and checking it out. I I think this is a great group. Um, a lot of good stuff today that I've heard already. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things is just being open, uh, just showing up. Um, even though I was a bit late today, I did that debate of like, ah, I sh- I'll just try to catch it next week, you know, because I'm because I'm late. But I'm glad that I just jumped in anyways. Um, you know, even with that doubt and uh, even the judgment thing, oh, I don't want to be the late guy. <laughs> I'm the late guy, but I'm here. You know what I mean? I I, I kind of just showed up, and I heard some good things today. Um, so, yeah, no, I just appreciate appreciate being able to to hop in today and check it out. Um, thank you, guys. Sure, man.
2: We good don't bother you late. It's, we don't – that doesn't bother anybody. It's not like you're moving chairs around and making lots of noise. You know, you just got to pop in. It's not a big deal.
1: <laughs> Marla, do you have any quotes you want to throw in oh my goodness. out of the Wayne Dyer? You know, I, no, just wait,
2: closed, I just closed it out because it's 9
1: o'clock. So. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read just a couple of real quick ones that I really like. it take less than 60 seconds. Um, surrender and allow the life-sustaining Tao energy to guide you. Stop fighting. Uh, eschew violent thoughts and deeds and give up trying to control others in the world. Stay humble. Don't interfere. Respect your creative genius as well as that of others, and above all, return to your invisible source and shed your troublesome ego while you're still alive and incarnated as one of the 10,000 things. If you do all this, you will naturally live a long life in joyful, nonjudgmental peace. Guys, any any closing thoughts? Everyone good? Do the Tao now. Do, do the Tao now. Y'all have a great week.